0: Friday everyone welcome to what is now the second to last live session for this ship 30 cohorts flying by absolutely flying by um a couple of quick logistics before we dive in because we got a pack giggle today uh, new deep dive is live on the circle channel cole did just an absolute epic breakdown of making noise and listening for signal finding a data point and then using that data point in a hundred different ways and basically what Cole, a year's worth of content from one idea, more or less, yep, that you've just been expounding much. on that people have found super valuable. So just a, a really cool way of thinking about a peek behind the curtain of how Cole thinks about repurposing and doubling down. Um, the week four curriculum is live. It's all about category creation, building credibility. Again, if you got time, go for it. If not, don't worry about it. You'll have access to those forever. And then next live call next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, rewriting your bio, naming, claiming your own category. That one is always a blast. We talk about just the best way that no matter where you are in your journey, you can establish credibility and what is more or less the most important piece of real estate on your digital profile, which is your bio. So that's all we got on the logistics side. Other than that, fill out the writing goal survey if you haven't yet. And call miss anything i think that's it
1: no i, th- I think that's it just re- remember that the live call on tuesdays uh in the evening not yeah. in the morning i always i always forget that too so just keep that in mind um top shippers this week huge we've had some shippers be on this list multiple weeks in a row now really really cool to see um really appreciate everyone who's who's been engaging the most i mean it it's a virtuous cycle you know the more you engage with other people the more other people engage with you um and the way i always like thinking about it is you know we're all here wanting people to read and engage with our work so if you want that for yourself it's always helpful to give that to someone else and pay it forward too so um love love seeing everyone who's engaging it's really really great here they are all they're crushing it absolutely crushing it this this is what makes uh ship 30 so much fun So congrats to everyone who's up here. And then just a couple cool shout outs. You know, we love these wins getting retweeted six times. I remember the first time I got more than one retweet. I thought I was like playing at Madison square garden. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know? So when these little things happen, take a minute, celebrate them. You know, um, they're really, really cool. 75,000 or 7,500 views, 220 engagements and 11 comments. Amazing. Got accepted into two of Medium's biggest publications. This is another really cool thing. We don't, we don't really dedicate a ton of time to this. We have more of uh, this material inside the membership, which we'll talk more about next week. More mini courses on platforms that are specific, uh, one of them being Medium. But this is something we see every cohort, people getting their content picked up on other in other platforms. A lot of shippers go on to write on Medium, write for different publications on Medium. We think that's really, really cool. So great job. Um, this too is just taking things that, you know, you feel like, Hey, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you're doing it and you're making progress on it. And you're taking the things that we're sharing and every single day, you know, you're just improving one little thing at a time. And all of a sudden over time, those things start to really compound on themselves. So we're a big, big fan of, you know, progress, not perfection, just a little bit at a time. And here (laughs) use the world's most and the time period intro. So moment in time and got highest engagement ever on medium. You know, it's like, it's, it's not a guaranteed thing, right? it's not just if you use it, you're just guaranteed to go viral, but it, the intention is when we share these things, it's a surefire way to increase your average or to increase the likelihood of something happening. And we see it constantly. So, um, Really encourage everyone. I mean, try these things. You never really know. Try them more than once. You know, don't don't just do it once. Try it ten times. Try it twenty times. See what happens. Gather some data. And here, this is awesome. If you've read uh, any of Adam Grant's work, he's author and really really interesting thinker. And here, Ren said, you know, hey, Adam Grant came across some of my content. This I think is the coolest part about writing in social environments um it's why we encourage everyone to start a social blog instead of a legacy blog because this doesn't happen on your website it just doesn't like the, you you don't have the opportunity to connect or interact with these types of people especially people that have much larger audiences or who you really look up to whose work you've been reading for years you know think of social platforms as a mall and we're all kind of hanging out at the mall together you know whereas your blog is the house in the suburbs right so this is just so cool. Congrats, Ren.
0: All right. Dicky, what are we covering today? All right, so today is an absolute crash course in Twitter threads, and we're gonna break down Twitter threads versus atomic essays, kind of how we think about them as a content strategy. We're gonna walk through the basic architecture, give you some of the technicals of writing a Twitter thread that you probably don't know and it's leading to. Uh, just, it's the low hanging fruit of how to write engaging ones. And then we're going to talk about really just some frameworks for what types of content are most effective via the Twitter thread. And then some really nitty gritty tactical stuff on the TLDR and your CTA, which we'll talk about um, and how to use those to drive traffic to another asset, to collect emails, to you know, maximize engagement, all that stuff that we're doing with building kind of a rented audience on Twitter. How can we take that somewhere else? So a lot of stuff here. um, You're probably going to have to rewatch this one uh, as we get, you know, because we're going to throw a lot at you. So let's kick it off.
1: Yeah. Take, take notes, take notes throughout. This is, this is the first big thing we get asked this question constantly. Twitter threads are atomic essays, you know, as if it's a one or the other, the, the big thing that, we really want to explain out the gate here is that these are just different formats. It's not, you know, it's kind of like when you see a new social platform pop off and all of a sudden everyone goes, I need to be on TikTok, right? They're just different formats. And what matters is the content you put inside the format. Okay, so it really, it's not like if you write a thread you're automatically going to get three times more engagement, right? And that, that, I think, is typically why people ask that question. You know, should I be writing Twitter threads? As if, if you just put it in a thread, you're immediately going to do better, okay? And that is not the case. Here's two great examples. Dicky wrote this atomic essay like two days ago. Boom, crushed it. Went viral. Went more viral than a lot of other threads and things that you've written, right? And then here's a thread that I wrote. And this thread... I made it a thread and it did okay, but it's far from viral. I think if we did the ratio, I might've gotten like one and a half likes compared to all of my my follower count, right? So the format is not what matters. What matters is the content you plug inside of the format and then how well you execute that format in context to what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, we answered that in the first Q&A and it's a very common question, so just don't think, oh, now I know how to write threads. I'm only going to write them. You, you, it's all a test. You can go one way or the other. But here's the breakdown. Cole, you want to talk about this a little bit?
1: Yeah. So these, there, are, there are different pros and cons to these two formats, okay? The reason why we start with Atomic Essays and the reason why we love that format is because it is the easiest way to practice all the fundamentals, okay? Writing headlines, fundamental. Formatting, fundamental. Fundamental rate of revelation, fundamental, rhythms, fundamental, right? Like these are all skills that it really doesn't matter what you're writing. You can apply it to everything. Atomic essays, relevant still to Twitter threads, newsletters, landing pages, emails, right? So that's why we focus on it, okay? The other benefits of writing atomic essays is the fact that it's easier to actually transfer that content to other platforms, because an atomic essay is already formatted the same exact way you would write a medium article, a Quora answer, an article for a publication, a chapter of an ebook, right? It's all that's why we do it that way. So part of the benefit of building a library of atomic essays is that you write it once and then you can do whatever you want with it, right? It's already kind of structured in that way. And so as a result over time you know as you write one atomic essay and then 10 and then 50 and then 100 all of a sudden you go oh i'm just going to smush this pile of 20 of them together and i have an email course i have an ebook i have a collection on TypeShare, right so it's it's much easier to then do something with that asset twitter threads are like a language in and of themselves okay and when you write a twitter thread i run into this constantly I'll write a Twitter thread that goes crazy viral. And then I'm like, what do I do with it now? Like I can't go copy paste that thread onto medium because the reading experience is totally different. Right. So the benefit of threads is there's a bit more virality potential on Twitter, but it's really exclusive to Twitter. Like you can't really go do much else with it. Second is they're harder to execute, right? Like Writing on Twitter is a language, and then writing threads is a secondary sub-language where it's like all about brevity and rate of revelation and speed. And if you notice, when you read a thread, it almost reads a little bit like you're reading note cards. It doesn't feel like you're reading as much of a true linear story. It's really skipping ahead really quickly, right? So again, you kind of can't repurpose that content elsewhere because you're deliberately cutting things out. The positive, though, is that as you write threads on Twitter, over time, like I'm sure you've all seen this or you've seen Dickie and I do this, is then you can create threads of threads, right? So you're like, hey, I've written 10 threads on this topic. I'm going to create a new thread curating all of my threads. So the pro is you can get a lot more out of it on Twitter, but the con is it's kind of specific to Twitter, and it doesn't have as much potential outside of that platform.
0: Uh, That's an exact breakdown. So think of we built the atomic essay format to teach the fundamentals on Twitter and then Twitter threads are a very native thing to Twitter that you're only you learn and you're if we started ship 30 and it was like you're going to write 30 Twitter threads you would you'd know nothing about taking your writing to other platforms how to write more effective emails right this is a very small subset of the digital writing world and we know that it gets a lot of attention because you see a lot of people doing them well but just wanted to lay out the thinking of why we execute the course this way. You've learned the fundamentals and now you can almost niche down and learn this more nitty gritty writing style.
1: Yeah. So that's great. Now we'll, we'll dig into that today, but just that's helpful context, right? So Dickie, you want to talk about just some of the viral potential here?
0: Yeah. I I think the most important part of, why you should be writing on Twitter in the first place is there's no other platform where you can basically tap into someone else's audience with your own content. So I'll give you this breakdown, right? This is my most popular Twitter thread ever. I had uh, 10,000 followers at the time, a, a decent size, but almost five million people have seen this. Five million people. There's and no. And you don't platform. have. You don't have I don't five, million, have 5 followers. million followers. No. I and I had 10,000 at the time, right? This natural engagement that can happen when you write something that so the the example I like to use right is say uh James Clear came to you and said hey I'll I'll take your blog post and I'll put it on my blog like think about how much value that would bring to you and that's exactly what can happen on Twitter when you write effectively you're basically tapping into someone else's distribution if you write something that resonates with them so I just wanted to put these numbers numbers on a screen to let you understand, you know, the power of writing on a social platform. Because every time I try to think about 5 million people, it blows my mind that someone saw this individual tweet. Yeah, here's and same another thing one. With this one, just a, a lot, a lot of people. So just wanted to set the scene of what you can do when you execute this strategy.
1: Yeah, and this, this one went crazy. Yeah. So again, just want to reiterate, like, it's very easy, you know, it's it's shiny object syndrome to a T, you know, whenever the masses see something that's working, like we all see it with TikTok right now. How many people in your life are like, you should be on TikTok, right? Like it's, there almost is no real logic as to why you should, it's just everyone's on TikTok. And so you should be on TikTok, right? And so what we're pointing out is you want to just slow down and question like, why that format? If you wanna go do that, that's fine, but realize that each platform has its own language and it's worth really questioning, do I want to learn this language? Do I want to execute this in a certain way, okay? So one of the things that just to preface, as we we dig in here, we have thread templates inside TypeShare. They're yours to use. These are some of our most viral threads, reverse engineered and going, here is a format for you to adopt, okay? So especially if this is your first time writing a Twitter thread, highly, highly recommend that you use these because it helps train your brain. This was the hard, it took me six months to figure this out. The hardest thing about writing Twitter threads is that you have to think about the way you're structuring it differently. So using these templates can really help you see, oh, this is is what I'm trying to achieve in each one of the tweets. So encourage you to play with them. So real quick, before we dig in here, have you used any of the templates, just so we know, uh, were they helpful? Um, if you did use them, you know, what it, What did it make you realize about your writing? Um, we've heard that a lot of people are getting a lot out of the templates. So yeah. we just, it helps us to know, because we'd love to create more if if you find them helpful.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it was one thing we weren't expecting. But as we look at the number of pieces of content that started as a template, it's, much higher than we originally thought so it's like 40 useful yeah people are finding it very useful and that's a good signal for us to keep making them
1: awesome well give them a shot you know especially if there's certain ones that you like let us know because this is something we want to invest more and more time uh, that's cool yeah Yeah. lots of cool so this this is the basic thread architecture we just want to give this as an outline and then we'll dig deeper into each one of these pieces. So basically a thread, think of it ha- as bookends, okay? Your first bookend is your lead-in tweet. It's, ba- it's, it's the same thing as a headline. It's your mini sales pitch saying, here's what I'm going to give you, okay? And then the middle of the thread are all your main points, which is basically you uh, delivering on the promise that you made in your lead-in tweet. And then the other side of your tweet, the other bookends are, here's the TLDR, which is basically a compressed version of everything in the middle, and then a call to action. So here, you can see in this screenshot, the reason why we teach this architecture is because in, the, in Twitter's feed, the way that it structures a thread is it gives you the lead-in tweet, and then it gives you the the second to last tweet, and then it gives you the last tweet. This is how it appears in the feed, right? So for someone who's scrolling, what's the experience? The experience is here's the lead-in tweet, which is the mini sales pitch. Here's the TLDR, which is like a skim. Here's here's what's inside. And then here's the CTA, which is great for you because you want to drive attention somewhere else. You know, Dickie, you want to share a bit
0: about this? I mean, just... The way to think about this is when you write a Twitter thread, it shows as three tweets in the timeline. So you have the top tweet and then the last two, and it compresses everything. See how it says show this thread in the middle there. Just once you know this, right, you're going to optimize these three to basically encourage the reader to read it. And so this is a very little known thing of, exactly how threads show up and so when you see them executed well they use this structure where they take a lot of time on the lead-in they make a summary so that when someone sees this right they come across it in their timeline there's a lead-in and then the summary which is the tldr which stands for too long didn't read and they say oh, okay this is going to be worth my time to read it and then you put the cta at the bottom just to capture more attention so just to give you kind of the the mathematical breakdown of how many eyeballs are on each of your individual tweets in a thread, this is the way to think about it.
1: Yep. So, with this architecture, okay, so this is kind of the, now you want to color inside the lines, all right? So, this is the outline. And the thing about Twitter threads is that literally it, like 90% of the success of the Twitter thread comes down to your lead in tweet. If you nail the lead in and then you, you even remotely deliver on the promise, you're probably going to do well. If you don't nail the lead-in tweet, it does not matter how valuable the content is inside the thread. It's not going to go anywhere. Okay, And this is the hardest thing for people to really wrap their head around because it puts a lot of emphasis on that first tweet. Dickie and I, when we have a thread that we're going to put out, it's very common for us to text back and forth and go, what do you think of this lead-in? What do you think of this lead-in? You know and you want to refine 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 like how do you present the information in a way that the reader goes i got to read this so some forcing function questions that you can ask yourself are you want to try and get as many of these as you can into that first tweet what is this about who is this for what is the reader going to get in exchange why should they trust you some form of credibility. And what's the transformation, right? You start here, you end up here. Here's how I did it, right? Or you're here, you want this thing. I'm going to tell you exactly how to get it, right? So the more that you can speak to these things in the lead-in tweet, the more that the reader, it's not that, again, I want to drive this point home. It's not that you wrote a thread and people want to read threads, okay? The format is irrelevant. It's you have an idea, The idea is compelling and you just happen to format it in a thread. And so then the person reads the thread. Okay. And there is a big difference between what I just said,
0: right? Dickie, you want to share a bit about that? I think something to keep in mind here is picture yourself on Twitter. Are you actively looking to most of the time invest any of your attention more than kind of just a scroll, right? Right you have to give someone a compelling reason to stop, click and read something and put their brain like on, right? You're competing with just doom scroll, right? So as you think about your lead in, it's, I, I need a, a good sales pitch to get someone to take the time to read what I'm about to say. And if you do, right, it's, you're competing against just like fortune cookies and whatever. So when you deliver a highly educational or entertaining or whatever framework you go with, it has extremely outsized returns because of what is surrounding you, right? So just think about that as you're crafting this, the lead-in is extremely important and we'll give you some more frameworks for writing these.
1: Yeah, and the easiest way again, to, to think about a, a lead-in tweet is it's a long headline. It's all the stuff, that's why we started with headlines. That's why we start with the atomic essay format. The lead-in tweet is a long headline, right? And so even if you go down these questions, garbage truck just went past my window, right? I want to write a thread. What's this about? It's about garbage men in cities. Who is this for? It's about people who are interested in seemingly boring businesses that are secretly really profitable. What will the reader get in exchange? I'm going to teach you how to make a fortune off of really boring businesses. Why should they trust you? Because I went out and I spent 50 hours researching really boring businesses. And here, I'm going to save you all the work. What's the transformation? If you read this thread, you're going to know how to make a million dollars with a really boring business, right? Like that's all you're doing. You're just answering these questions. And when you take that, you compress it and then you put it in a lead-in. So I want just some examples, right? Ignore the fact that this is a thread. Like again, remove the format. What you're focusing on is, is this a compelling idea? So Dickie, how to generate a hundred ideas to write about in 30 minutes, okay? So just pause. Huge outcome, minimal time, right? What's the subtitle of Atomic Essays? Massively powerful habits, small steps, right? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Big outcome, small amount of time investment. And then here's the second part of the headline. Even if you think you have nothing to say. So what is that? We talked about that in week two with the headlines, right? Twisting the knife, right? Oh, I, I thought it was for me. Now it's definitely for me, right? So the format is irrelevant. It's the fact that you have an idea where someone goes, I would love to generate 100 ideas and I'd love to generate them in way less time than hours and hours. And you just spoke to the fact that I asked myself, but I don't think I have anything to say, Right. That is not a, I wrote a thread and I go viral. That is a, I have a very specific idea for a very specific type of reader.
0: And think about that. Like this is yeah, a thread lead-in tweet but that's the same type of headline you would write. That is a atomic essay headline and I put it as a thread. So you can look at the different ways. And then same thing with the second one, right? I spent over 1,000 hours learning to write effectively because college completely failed to teach me, right? very strong promise and credibility, immediately established. And then instead of that's it, I say, here's everything I learned that you can start applying today. So I spoke directly to the reader. Here's what they're going to get out of it. Not just, hey, I did this and here's what I learned, but hey, I did this so you don't have to. The more that you can create a, I've done something, you're gonna get all the benefit out of it without all the work. It's like a timeless formula for writing anything where you yes. establish that credibility, where it's like, I've done all this work. Here's all the benefit for you. Like people would be out of their minds not to read that. Right. And every single person here can replace. I spent over a thousand hours learning X. Mm-hmm. And here's everything I've learned about X. So you don't have to make all the mistakes. Here's all the lessons, right? Every single person on this call is sitting on some kind of knowledge there. So just take that to heart.
1: That's exactly right. All of these and this is what we ultimately want to teach you how to do is when you look at something that's working, you should look at it and ask yourself how to use it as a template for yourself, right? So when I saw Dickie write this thread, how to generate hundred ideas to write about in 30 minutes, the first thing I think of is how to generate large number of X in small number of time, even if you, here's the thing you think you can't do right that's the template so whenever you see something like that you want to pause and go how do i do this too okay here's two other ones that the this top one went crazy viral for me and the moment i wrote this lead in i was like this is going to go you just know because when you're when you speak to all of these things to the reader and you can do it in a really concise way the reader can't help but want to read it So over the past 10 years, okay? So I just did 10 years so you don't have to. That's basically what the thread's saying. I lived 10 years so you don't have to. I read 500 business books so you don't have to. I had to learn the hard lesson that 99% of them were a massive waste of time. Here are the 10 that you should just read so that you can save yourself 10 years and 500 or 490 business books, right? Whether or not you even want to read, you're going to click that and be like, what books What books are worth reading? I'm curious because you're speaking from 10 years of experience, right? So again, how do you do that for yourself? Over the past 10 years, I've been doing X. 99% of the time, it was Y. Instead, I would do these X things differently, right? That's That's a template. And again, it's not a, if you do this, it's guaranteed to go viral, but there's a higher likelihood that because you're presenting the information in a certain way, the reader's going to go, I'm going to give you my attention. Same thing with the bottom. Started writing Twitter threads. Since then, I've written more than 200. Big credibility, accumulated tens of millions of views. Want to know the secret? I use the same seven templates. The reader's going to sit there and go, I want to know what the templates are because you unlocked a big outcome. And you're saying big outcome, very easy with these seven templates, right? That is like the easiest formula for online writing. Unlock big outcome for a very small amount of time, effort, energy, or money. Here's how you do it, right? Anytime you can do that, the reader's going to go, I want to know how to unlock a big outcome with a very small amount of time, energy, money, or effort, Right.
0: All right. Next, let's talk about the main points. So you have your lead in tweet. Now, everything we've talked about with rate of revelation is magnified when you're writing a Twitter thread, you have to deliver concise, potent value because you are competing in a sea of attention, right? It's too easy for people to just swipe away onto the next thing if you don't keep attention right in a distilled, concise way of formatting. So The way I like to do this is first, your tweets should almost stand alone where people can kind of get value out of it without having to, you can remove the context a little bit. So instead of, if you're making a list, don't number the list, just put each individual one. This is a little bit too tactical. We'll talk about that kind of at the end, but this is if Think about formatting. Do not just put big blocks of text taking your Atomic Essay, put it in a Twitter thread format and hit publish. It's a completely, completely different ballgame in terms of the way you're going to format, right? So you're optimizing for speed. I think the most important part of a thread after the lead-in tweet is the second tweet, right? We talk about the one chip rule where you get them eat one chip, give them to eat one more, they're going to be all the way. Focus on that second tweet. I think this is one of the biggest mistakes I see is people think oh i've got them in you have to deliver value in that second tweet just as much as the first one to say Mm -hmm. okay i've i've clicked i'm in now what now what are you going to give to me and so create a curiosity gap lay the foundation for what you're going to say um paint some kind of transformation like by the end some of my most successful go it's a it's like a clickbait lead in and then a promise in the second one by the end of this thread you will xyz and then I deliver on that promise. That is the easiest kind of formula to to do. And then this, I mean, I think this pays for ship thirty in itself. How to make bullet points on a <laughs> uh, on the computer instead of using dashes? Because the second you start using dashes or, or bullet points, it just looks tight on Twitter. So that's a way to do it. Um, I I feel like Windows changed since I wrote this, and Alt seven doesn't maybe doesn't work anymore. But I know option eight is how it works on Mac if you're on Windows. But if, if, if you take one golden nugget away from Ship 30 at all, it's how to put bullet points in a tweet. So this is how you do it.
1: Yeah, and also, too, I just saw in the tweet, you know, or in the chat, sorry. Um, you know, things like, do you number each tweet or don't you? You know, like ultra, ultra tactical stuff like that, I'd ultimately say, like figure out what works best for you. That's not really what matters again, the content. And when we say the formatting, the formatting just means how does it look visually? Okay. The question you're always asking yourself, how do I make this look easier to read visually? That's it. Okay. So for example, right. The one on the left, great formatting, because you can skim through it. You can read a sentence. You can fly through the bullets right? We got, we got that single sentence, you know, alternation, the bookends, the things that we talk about. The one on the right, I took the exact same text and I just copy pasted it without formatting it. This is what we see when people first try threads is they write threads like they're full paragraphs. This is what we mean. It's not like that. Threads are a different language. And, a, and the language for threads is literally How do you fly through the information as quickly as possible and as visually compelling as possible? That's what you're going for. So just keep this in mind for all the main points in the middle of your thread.
0: Yeah, nothing to add there. It's just optimizing for speed.
1: So just so we know, because this is something that you know we, we do notice quite a bit, uh, if you have tried writing threads or even with individual tweets, what, what do you find the thing that you struggle with the most? Is it brevity, like figuring out how to say the thing in the shortest amount of words? Is it visual formatting, like how to actually structure things? Uh, is it organizing the ideas, like which idea should come first, which idea should come second? Um, we wanted to ask this question because it'll just, it helps us figure out where, uh, you're still struggling and, you know, maybe we can do some deep deep dives on how we think about these things.
0: Brevity. Yeah. It's, I I've found just because I write on Twitter a lot, I know how to write something that's 280 characters, but it was the hardest thing for me to learn. It's, it's not an easy shift of like, how do I take an idea and strip every single thing out of it? Uh, to just get the main point across so yeah. brevity yeah the hook we'll have some frameworks for hooks brevity 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 yeah
1: that's it's that's helpful to know i mean brevity is something i i actually love thinking about it like how do you take a sentence and make it half the length and then how do you take that sentence and make it two bullets instead right like that's kind of a way of thinking so we can we'll do some deep dives on that it's really helpful to know Okay, Dickie, you I yeah, you are a, ge- you created this thing. You're a genius for creating this. So why don't you explain this to people?
0: All it is is a TLDR summary of what your thread was about. And I actually start almost every single Twitter thread that I write with this in mind because it's a summary of hey, you got to the bottom. I ran through a lot of value in a relatively short period of time. Here it is all on one. Here it is all on one thing to like, you can look at this and recall everything you just learned and it it wraps it up nicely in a little bow. So it's, I gave you all this stuff, all this stuff. This is the conclusion version for a Twitter thread, right? This is how you conclude it It's saying I just gave you all this, here it all is distilled into even one tweet and then you send them on their way, right? After this comes a CTA, but just someone is going to see this in the timeline and it's gonna encourage them to read the thread itself. Right. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, oh, wow, there's a lot there. I'm going to go click on that front one and then go all the way down. So as you're doing this, you don't have to say, quote, the TLDR. Um, I do that sometimes, but I realize a lot of people don't know what that means. <laughs> so there's probably a better way to do it. But you, you know, on the thread that I wrote about how to create 100 IDs in 30 minutes, the last tweet said how to create 100 IDs in 30 minutes with mm-hmm. five bullets. Right. It was basically, here's everything I just said distilled into one little note card that you can take on your way as, as a reminder of how you did it. So, right, the summary, yeah. whatever it is.
1: What you'll notice is that in a thread, this kind of recap tweet is usually the second most engaged tweet. Like the lead-in tweet gets the most engagement, and then the second one is this one. And if you think about it, the reason is because this one tweet is a hyper-compressed version of everything that was just in the thread, right? So I did a thread a couple of weeks ago that was like, you should read these 10 sci-fi books, right? Each tweet in the thread is a different book. And then the TLDR, the conclusion tweet is, hey, you should read these 10 sci-fi books and they're all in one tweet, right? So if you think about it, it's the, it's the next most valuable, most potent tweet in the thread. That's why people engage with it more. And then finally, afterwards you have the CTA. The CTA could be like here, Dicky, yours was, hey, if you enjoyed this, come follow me. right? It's like I want I want to circulate the attention inside of Twitter. Um, you can use it to drive people to a newsletter and drive them to a long form. like sometimes I'll write a long form article on medium or on the ship 30 site or somewhere else. I do the Twitter thread as like a compressed version of it. And then at the end, I go, hey, if you want to read the full thing, right? Go click here and you can go read the full article. So the CTA, again, this is, it's really interesting when you listen to questions people ask, because I find that whenever we explain things like this, a lot of the questions are like, what should my CTA be, right? And it's, if it's fine, it's a good question. You can make it whatever you want. But I want to emphasize that the CTA is like the dessert at the end of the meal, right? And if you didn't get people to eat the meal, they're not going to be sitting there asking for dessert, right? So you have to really focus on how do I make something really valuable, really compelling to the reader so that by the time they finish reading, they go, whoa, I love that so much that I want to click over here and go to the next thing.
0: Yeah. The thing to keep in mind on who actually sees your CTA are only people who read the whole thing more or less, right? Yeah. Some will see it in the kind of scroll timeline, but yeah, it's a call to action. What, what do you want your reader to do next? Is it sign up for your newsletter and think about it through the lens of, I know this person just read this and I provided a lot of value. How do I capitalize on that? So it's follow me. If you're not following me already, it's hey, here's some other things that you might be interested in reading that I've written in the past, right? Those are just good ways to capitalize on you're, you're striking while the iron is hot, right? Someone has just read something you wrote, they loved it, they got to the bottom and it's like, give me more, give me more, Some point me in some direction because I want to keep learning from you. And that is a, it's a very important thing to capitalize on. I see too many people, just the thread ends and it's like, oh, great, mm-hmm. next Back back to Doom Scroll, whatever, versus go down a rabbit hole of everything I've ever written. It's a much better way to use that real estate.
1: Yep. So again, just to recap, this this is what a thread looks like and operates like. And I can't, I can't stress this enough. Twitter threads are, it's about the the uniqueness of the idea and the visual formatting. That, that is Twitter threads in a nutshell. And so again, use the templates in TypeShare. It will really, really help you think about the visual formatting of things, the flow of things, organizing ideas. And second, if you see me write a Twitter thread that you go, wow, that was really cool. If you see Dickie or Daniel or anyone else write a Twitter thread and you go, wow, that's really awesome. Literally open a window, pull it up, And then try and write something similar. Obviously, you don't copy the content, right? Create, like, pick your own idea, but use it as a skeleton and go, okay, in the first lead-in tweet, Cole had a really compelling hook in one sentence. I need to come up with a compelling hook in one sentence. Then Cole did three quick bullets that you know, explain the benefits. Okay. I need to, I need to do three quick bullets that explain the benefits. Like that is how you teach yourself how to look at things that are working and go, all right, how can I engineer this for myself too? I do this all the time with Dickie's stuff. Dickie does this all the time with my stuff. We do this all the time with other writers stuff. You're always working or looking for what's going to work. Okay. So don't think I just have to copy the idea, pick your own idea, but use other people's skeletons as a way of structuring the content.
0: And you'll you'll find this is there's nothing better than knowing as a writer that every time you see something that works, you're basically shocking something up in your own column of like that's gonna work for me in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Every time you see something that works, when you know you have topics to write about, and it's all about saying those same proven ideas in in a thousand different ways, right? That's where Ship 30 comes full circle, right? You make all this noise for 30 days and you figure out what it is, at least some some idea that's resonating. And then you have this new lens to see the world of, I'm gonna write about this. Now I'm gonna go explore all the ways I can write about it. And it, it becomes just an absolutely thrilling adventure because every time you see something successful, you're like, boom, that's gonna be successful for me. If I go and execute it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where your flywheel really starts to spin, is all of your reading is done through a lens of how is this going to improve my writing? How is this going to every time I see something from a different area, a different platform, whatever it is, how can I bring that back into my own? You just become a creator, right? Versus a consumer who this stuff is working and you're reading and reading and reading versus boom, that's working. Now I'm going to put it back into my frameworks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the difference between being an active reader and a passive reader. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take a ringtone of Dickie saying boom too. If anyone creates that, let me know. I'll put that on my phone. Okay. Drop in the chat real quick. Does this help? Does does this architecture in your mind, do you kind of have a sense for, okay, this is how I build the house. Now. Um, We really want to make sure that, you know, this is something that is a helpful mental model for you. Um, like I said, I can't stress. I mean, we take the time to create the templates, right? So I can't stress enough, play with them in type share. I think you'll really find them helpful. Um, and now what we're going to go into is how to actually think about, okay, so if this is the architecture, this is how you build a house. How do you design it? Right. When you're inside the house, how do you make it look good? How do you put cool furniture in there? What should the rooms look like? Okay. So here are a couple very easy, there's, there's tons, right? People are always creating new, new ways of utilizing threads. I've seen some really unique ones in the past year, but these five are probably the easiest ones to start with in terms of how to organize information and compelling ideas inside of a thread. So you have breaking down a framework, you have telling a story, sharing actionable tips, basically putting anything in a list, you know, listing podcasts to listen to, listing books to read, whatever. And then creating a thread of threads where you go, you know, hey, here's all these different things on X topic in this one thread, I'm curating all of those other threads together under one roof, okay? So we're gonna go through and kind of break each one down. Think you wanna
0: share, share this one a bit? Sure, so the very first one, the easiest thing is, hey, I'm going to take you, the reader, unfamiliar with this framework, and I'm going to explain it in a very concise way. And this is, if you look at a lot of the most successful writers on Twitter, they're basically doing an arbitrage of taking an idea or a mental model or a framework that is usually expounded upon in a massive blog post full of bloat and putting it in a concise, distilled, potent thread of a specific problem the framework is solving, some kind of unique spin on it, And then using their own credibility to say, you know, I've applied it in X, Y, Z ways. So a framework is just a solution to a problem, a way of thinking. Some people call it mental models, whatever it is. But I think it's the easiest way to say, hey, you're unfamiliar with X. By the end of this thread, you will understand this. So you can Y. And I'm Mm going to take you there. And you can repeat that exact process over and over and over again for any field any specific knowledge that you have of an actionable kind of how to do something. And that's the framework.
1: Yeah. And to be clear too, it can be like here. So he'll wrote about Hanlon's razor, which is someone else's framework, right? So he's curating someone else's well-known framework. You can do that or you can create your own framework and creating your own framework is as simple as thinking about how do you solve a problem in your life? You're like, hey, I've been project managing for 15 years. I run into this problem over and over again. So I created a framework to solve it, right? Here's how it works. That's all you're doing. So a framework is just a packaged way of solving a problem. That's it. And you can curate it or you can create it. So that's the first one. Uh, Dickie, here's, this is a bit meta, but this is like a framework of frameworks, you know? So you go, here's the world's most valuable skill. It's writing. Here's the little you know. twist the knife. But colleges charge you $120,000 to learn this. I'm going to teach it to you for free. So here are these nine frameworks that you need, right? So this is a framework of frameworks.
0: There's a good chance that people have seen this one, right? Because there is uh, a good chance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay. Number two, if you're
1: not following a uh, Trong fan on Twitter, highly recommend if you're interested in writing stories. So stories, whether they're fiction or nonfiction stories, I think are actually the hardest to execute in thread form. Um, it really takes some retraining of the brain to figure out how do I keep this thing moving forward? Because again, you could get two tweets in and the reader's like, you don't have my attention and they're gone. Trong does an incredible job of telling business stories. So the key to a story on Twitter is basically making it unconventional in the sense of whatever it is that you're talking about. So you're like, hey, everyone thinks this thing. Turns out it's this other thing that you probably don't know about. I'm going to tell you the story of this other thing that you don't know about. That's, that's really the key. But if you just go hey, I'm going to tell you a linear story and I'm going to make you get through 15 tweets. The reader's like, I I don't have time for that, right? So this is a harder one to execute. I really, like I said, I recommend going and reading a bunch of trunk stuff if you want examples of it. But the whole key is like every tweet needs to really move the story forward. And the best way to hook the reader is in the lead-in. You basically tell them the beginning and the end, right? So here, When Steve Ballmer joined Microsoft in 1980, he was employee 30 and had zero equity, right? Bottom of the ladder. By its IPO, he owns 8% of Microsoft and is multi-billionaire, right? How did he do it? Read the thread to fill in the middle. So that's what makes the lead-in tweet work. Here's the beginning. Here's the end. Read to find out.
0: It's so cool to see other writers use the frameworks we talk about too with a moment in time the curiosity mm-hmm. gap, all these things that we've introduced already, right? In 1980, in 1986, a weird contract quirk, right? A curiosity gap. What is that quirk? Figure mm-hmm. it out, start reading, right? So you can see exactly just reverse engineering these kind of things. So whether that's, again, I my mind immediately jumps to this as what's the framework here? You know, someone navigating a unconventional path to doing something, and that's the story, right? a almost David versus Goliath. They started here. They ended up here, how they get what weird thing happened. And I'm going to go research in the writing space or whatever it is and and find a similar story. So just wanted to kind of take you through that way of thinking. Here are two stories that I've written. Um, This was during one of one of the Ship 30 cohorts. I really explored just like, okay, what are all the personal stories I have and how can I start to write them? And these were my two lead ins, right? Establish some kind of You can it just i'll give you a second to read them but it's a i created a curiosity gap in both of them and established some kind of credibility at the beginning very simple very simple way to reverse engineer these things but both of them peak interest in a decent way and say okay keep reading if you want to figure it out
1: here's let's do a quick little exercise in the chat so this tweet on the right okay this is this is exactly what my brain just did i hadn't seen this tweet actually I used to have one severe addiction, colon, planning. If you use this as a template and keep the same first sentence, what different second word can you use? I used to have one severe addiction, colon, hustle. Hustle. Right. I used to have one severe addiction, colon, procrastination. I used to have one severe addiction, colon, sugar, right? Like you can see how when you look at something, The question you should be asking yourself is, how do I take that format and plug in my own idea?
0: Right. And the meta part of this is like planning. It's almost a people get to that. So it's like some of the answers were like smoking sugar, but those are almost the straightforward ones. What is the what is the unconventional addiction that most people don't think is one? Right. That's another way to think about this. Right. Because mm-hmm. I go on and say my brain loved the cheap dopamine of gathering books, tasks to complete, videos to watch, etc. cetera. Right. So I took this. I have this thing unexpected. Oh, now I'm interested in reading it. So you mm-hmm. can kind of see that framework. Right. Same with the one on the left. I ran for class president. What followed was a bunch of extremely unexpected things that might happen during a class president run. Mm hmm pitchforks from suburban housewives right impeachment trial that kind of thing so again take that format of i have a story that if i told you you wouldn't believe because x y and z weird things happened and here's what happened right
1: yeah these are two great ones i mean now now i've got a bunch of ideas i'm I'm probably gonna go write a couple story threads this weekend now using these
0: Yep. And, and that's how it goes, right? You see these and it your mind should go, yes, I have something to write about now. Yes. Right. Anytime you see something with a lot of engagement, you should throw a little party because it's, Oh, there it is. I'm going to figure out how to make that work for me.
1: Yeah. And again, this is why some, again, we say it over and over again, this is a how to fish. Okay. This isn't a click this one button. And we give you a fish, right? This is how to fish. And when you see someone who's growing really quickly or getting a ton of attention, your feelings shouldn't be, oh, well, screw them. You know, they're they're succeeding, and I guess I won't be able to. You should look at that and go, wow, what a cool format. How can I try and do that, all right? So that's that's how you begin to teach yourself how to just learn and soak up from all the other creators around you. Now, here's the third one: actionable tips. This is the, I mean, it's the quintessential. Like, I want to teach you how to do something. Okay, what makes this accelerate? is when you don't just go, I'm going to teach you how to do something, but you tease the before and after transformation, right? So you see it all the time when people are like, I started with zero, a year later, I had X, right? I was at the bottom of the totem pole, two years later, I was at the top. I was an intern, next thing I knew, I was, I was right hand to the CEO, right? When you show the transformation, the reader goes, I want to go on that journey too, or I want to learn how you unlocked that outcome. And then each tweet is, I'm going to tell you how to do it, right? So here in Alex Garcia's thread, here are the nine secrets to building an audience fast, okay? What's the promise? I'm going to give you nine tips. So each one of the main points, each tweet is a different tip, right? First tweet, tip number one, build a rented audience, right? tweet number two, right? And that's all it is, okay? So the key with actionable tips is tease the transformation and then outline step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, okay? So here, this was one I I wrote recently. Over the past year, I've tweeted hundreds of small but powerful writing tips. But these 19 are the ones that everybody loved. These are the ones that are, are most valuable here's a thread of these 19 right so you can see how it's this is the easiest one to execute by far
0: yeah this is actionable advice i think stories actionable advice think like though think of that barbell of twitter threads it's like here's here's in this world of like you know whatever else goes on on twitter i'm going to give you something that's going to actually you're going to use you're going to find valuable and it's going to give you some outcome or in this world of whatever other crap surrounding me, I'm going to tell you a fun story. I'm going to take you on an adventure somewhere. And that's it, right? If you can hit that barbell of, of, I write super actionable things and super aspirational or, you know, fun stories, you're going to grow extremely quickly in whatever digital writing world you kind of Mm -hmm. take on. Number
1: four, anything lists. Okay, so this is, you're listing anything. Like literally, <laughs> <Anything>. <laughs> it's like, the, these are podcasts to listen to. These are books to read. These are small businesses you should support. These are states you should travel to. These are the coolest cities with the best restaurants in the US, right? Anytime that you're listing something out, it's the same exact thing. It's like lead in tweet. Here's why these X things. Here's why these 10 things are really cool, really valuable. In the in the tweets, you then each one gets its own thing. The conclusion, the TLDR is like, hey, here's the compressed version. Here's the 10, right? And then you're done. So the key with, with a list of any kind is, we talk about this over and over again, is specificity, okay? So you don't just want to go read these 10 books, right? You want to pick a smaller category. You want to go read these 10 memoirs or read these 10 sci-fi books, read these 10 business books. And then you want to twist the knife, Right? I've read hundreds of business books. Most of them were a waste of time, but these 10 were really, really valuable. Here they are, right? So you really, you got to kind of think through the psychology of how do you get the reader to go, whoa, this isn't just a list of books. This is a list of specific and ultra valuable books. And I trust you.
0: I mean, take this one, right? This is right where my mind jumped to. It's the top line is, if you, almost an unconventional claim, like a, a claim in the ground, if you use it right, Twitter's the most powerful platform. For a lot of people, they're going to go, really? I didn't know that. And then in the second line, you say, it's not your fault you didn't know that. Mm-hmm, right? It's something is set up against you for you to have made that realization, and it's okay. And here's an explainer of what you should know about it. Right? Again, take your own topic, your own content, whatever it is, plug and play with that formula.
1: The the easiest way to think about stuff like this is imagine that like you're sitting down with one of your friends, right? And you, you're like maybe drinking some wine on a Friday, you're on a nice rooftop, right? You're hanging out and your friend starts getting into a debate with you, right? And you got to like prove your point to your friend. You got to convince them like, here's, here's why this matters, right? You want to think about how you convince your friend to think in a certain way, and then go, now how do I communicate that in a tweet? How do I communicate that in a thread, right? Because a lot of the things that we're talking about here is like, yes, it's writing, but it's actually more thinking, it's more psychology. It's, it's like, how do you get someone to go, this is different than what I've seen before. That's what makes them wanna give you their attention right? So Dickie's example, right? This is like a super copywriting 101 thing. You make a claim and then you tell the reader, and don't worry, it's not your fault. In fact, the real fault is, and then you point to something else, right? And then the reader goes, oh, it wasn't my fault. I didn't know how to use Twitter. No one just told me. And here, now you're going to tell me, oh, perfect. I would love to read this. Right. So you got it. It's like you really got to kind of pause and think through, like, how is the reader interpreting what I'm saying? Right. And then that just takes practice. Like, it's not like I was just born that way. It's not like Dickie was just born that way. Like for all of us, this is a learned skill. So we're just pointing out how to learn it. And then over time, it'll get faster and faster. So here's another. Right. If you haven't noticed, I hope everyone has seen this in a lot of these tweets, big numbers big numbers. I spent 500 hours. I read 500 business books. I've spent 10 years, right? Every second, 6,000 tweets are tweeted on Twitter, right? There's something about big number, small effort, small amount of time, right? That juxtaposition works really, really well. So here's a great, like I originally sat down to write this thread and I thought, I want to, I want to point out some of my favorite tweets, but if I just say here are some of my favorite tweets the reader goes well that's great for you that you have favorite tweets but I don't really care right so I have to think of a lead in right well here's the lead in hey you're surrounded by 200 billion tweets a year think about that so you probably missed these 15 right you probably did it's not your fault you're just surrounded by 200 billion tweets a year right so don't worry i pulled them out for you right there's something up, then the reader goes oh this is different
0: Yeah, I mean, nothing really to add on that one. It's just, you're seeing these frameworks. And then lastly, I think this is, I don't know if Twitter said this explicitly, but I think that they really, they value when you link to other tweets. And so as you build up a library of threads and essays over time, you can get this free immediate repurpose of, hey, I've written a lot of things. Here's just a curation of them. Right. Some of my most popular, some of Cole's most popular are just we've written so much. We've built up all of this equity. I've I've written t- 10 different things about this one topic. Now I'm going to bring them all together in one spot. And you're cur- you're again, it's all about reader experience, right? It's, hey, I did all this work and now I did the extra work to put it all together in this one list for you. Mm-hmm. It, like, And it's obviously going to be worth their time to read it. And so this is just a, it's a fruit that comes after you've been writing on Twitter for a while. And it's extremely native to this platform. No other platform can you say, hey, here's a new blog post about all my other blog posts. Uh huh. People are like, thanks, right? I could have just, I could have seen that, right? Versus here, it's here's everything I've done for you condensed into this one little area. Here it is, you know, go do with it what you like. And then this, there's compounding equity. This whole thing of once you have this thread of threads, there's your new CTA on anything mm-hmm. new you write, where it's like, hey, I wrote something. Want to go down the rabbit hole of everything else I've ever written? Here it is. And then boom, you just that the, the what compounds with your readers is they're just down a rabbit hole, right? If if you can send a reader to all your other best stuff right away, you're you're in good shape.
1: Yep. This is why we say the more you write, the more you write. So Dickie, you did this eight threads to help you write consciously and convincingly. So you can accelerate your career, right? Twist the knife real quick. One one last time, twist the knife. So you can accelerate your career. And here you're curating other people's threads. So this is the thing is when you do these threads of threads, you can do it for your own library or you can do it for other people's libraries. Personally, we talk about this all the time. If you are starting from absolute ground zero, zero followers. The easiest way to start getting your flywheel spinning is curating other people's content, right? So you go, hey, I'm new to Twitter. I went out and looked for, I, I spent 100 hours looking for the, the most helpful productivity threads on Twitter. Here are the top 20 all in one thread. It doesn't matter if you have zero followers or if you have 100,000 followers, that's a valuable thread. Right? You took 100 hours, you went and looked for all this valuable stuff, you organized it into one thread. Someone's going to see that and go, hey, that's pretty cool. Right? So starting from ground zero, curate, then start writing your own stuff, build your library. And then over time, you can do threads of threads of your own content, you can do threads of threads of other people's content, you can do threads of threads of both. Right? So this is why we say the more you write, the more you write. The more you, The more that you build your library, the more the dividends just keep coming over and over again. Spot on. So any of these sound fun? What's the first thread you're going to write? Is it a framework? Is it a story? Actionable tips? Anything lists or a thread of threads? What What do you feel like has resonated the most? Also drop your tips? golden
0: nugget. Your biggest takeaway from today's session. We threw a ton at you. We even went over. Didn't even notice. We went over a little bit because there's a lot here. List, list, story, story. Awesome. All but stories. <laughs> Actionable is easiest. Yep. Curate's a great way to start. I'm seeing some lead-in tweets already. I love it. I love it. Send them my way. If you use any of these frameworks, just DM them to me. We'll get a bunch of threads going viral today.
1: Yeah, like this is a great example. Maybe Dickie, uh, next week, after everyone tries their first thread or two, we can do a thread of threads and go, last week we taught a live session on threads. Here are the top 20 threads Here's from the ship the 10, cohort.
0: Right, exactly, yeah, let's do it. Let's, that's a right. good idea. And we'll do some deep dives into why these things might've worked. Maybe So for our next deep dive uh, on Circle, we'll probably just take some examples that we see thrown in and, and do some workshopping on it. Yep. Again, if you have any extra questions on this, throw them in the Q and A uh, on Circle, go to the digital writing Q and A session, make sure you submit them by the end of the day today because Cole and I are going to record that this weekend. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. So let's do some breakouts. Um, Real quick. One out of 10 uh, drop in the chat. How much did you learn in today's session? What, what 10, 10, hopefully tens. If you, if you knew it all already, good. Now you can put it into practice even more, but we just love to see that we're kind of onto new things, showing you new ways of thinking and all that. So A little confused that's okay it's going to take some time you're this is a long game you're going to learn what works what doesn't you're going to see other people do it right awesome
1: fantastic so the easy so the best place to start is again you want to take a data-driven approach right if you're going to spend the time to write a thread which takes you know it's a new format takes a little bit of time you want to try and start with ideas that have any sort of validity right? So maybe do a quick uh, pass at your library, or if you've already kind of, you already kind of know, what are one of your higher performing atomic essays? What's a topic that you know people are interested in? And how can you execute that in a thread format? What would the thread be? You know, would would you break it down in a framework? Would you reframe it in a story? Are you giving someone actionable tips? Are you just listing things out? Or are you curating a bunch of information? And then kind of think through what would the hook be? Right? What's the lead-in? What's the hey? Big result, small effort of time, energy, you know, or, or money. What are the main points? What are you listing out in between? And then what would you want to drive someone to? So you don't have to have it all perfect, but let, in breakout rooms, kind of chat through what that might look like. You know, three, four, five minutes per person. We'll go through that.